Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR 300. Yes, on May 4th, 2015, I sat down with Dan and Dwayne and recorded the very first episode of the WNR. Fast forward five years, or 275 weeks, or 1,928 days. Three co-hosts and 299 episodes, and we have reached 300. Now, we wouldn't have got to this moment if it wasn't for our fantastic listeners and followers. And, of course, with W&R, I've been going for, like I say, five years. But there are a lot of changes that are going to happen on the W&R coming up soon. And we're going to get onto that in a little bit. But on the show today, like we say, thanks to our fantastic listeners and the followers, subscribers, and everywhere you listen to us. Be it YouTube, iTunes, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere else. Today, we are going to do Followers' Choice. Every week, we give one of you a chance to pick something to watch or discuss on a podcast. On this very special show, we go through your choices. So, our very first follower of the week was Trent Wade at Wadeboy1991. And he said, this week of the podcast, I would like to re-watch Kane versus Mankind. So, let's go back to Viral Series 1997, November 9th, and it's a WNR 1.30. Twenty years later, K 
Kane would still be being portrayed as a monster. And like, is it fair, do you think, that's 20 years after his debut, he's still... Is, is, is that how bad WWE is now? They still have to rely well, on like 20, 20 to, years ago. All they're effectively doing is putting him over or a universal champion and a heavyweight champion and only to get defeated by a man who's not won anything in the WWE yet. It would be the equivalent in 1997 of like Gorilla Monsoon being the monster coming yeah. out because that's what it was back in 77, you know? And to say that nothing has improved since then and to have Kane don't get me wrong I like Kane and especially when they did the monster but it's too many times now isn't it that he comes back and it's just like oh yeah he's got different music and he's a monster for me they kind of ruined it when they unmasked him yeah exactly yeah I did quite enjoy like you know when the mask was going missing and Kane was you know he was kind of flickering between the two that was good you know, once he's been put over as a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh, you know, in the team hell no yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. situation. Yeah, and then the corporate Kane thing was kind of, I thought, the end and the good way to trans stuff he wanted to do as opposed to this. But mm. uh, it, well, Kane back in 1997 is a monster. We don't know, but, you know, obviously one of the first masked men to have a prominent role in the WF, and he was going through the whole roster, including people like Flash Funk, the Hardys, and everybody else that got in his way. But Mankai didn't care for this. He stuck up for him, didn't he? <laughs> well, yes. You know, he's putting a mandible claw on Paul Bearer and he's just bent one of them ring tighteners over. But that's how, yeah. sits up. And that's the monster Kane was. Similarities to say, just like his brother. My God. Well, no one knows what to expect from Kane, but we all know what to expect from Mankind. He's only been in the WF just over a year. And yet the fans seem to love him at the moment. Of course, this year we've seen Dude Love, Cactus Jack, and Mankind's Back for Survivor Series. <laughs> well, of course, last year at Survivor Series, Survivor Series 1996, it was Mankind versus The Undertaker. So Mankind says he's ready for the challenge of Kane. He says he's going to run through the wall. Well, he's no wall, it's Kane. So, no Canadians in this match? No, but they cheer when the lights go out. <laughs> yeah, lights gone. He's walking through hell, fire, and brimstone. The big red machine cane glittering in the fire. Oh, here comes Mankind straight away. Straight out to meet the big red machine. Sends Kane into the barricade. Didn't have any effect whatsoever. And this is Glenn versus Mick. <laughs> oh my god, and Kane Glenn. just sent Mankind back first into the steps. Oh my god, you can hear the impact of the stairs again. And the match hasn't even started. The lights haven't even come back on yet. This is a weird thing about Kane during the early days. All his matches were like this. Literally in red light for the majority, yeah. Wouldn't be until February they sorted it out. Kane looking to put away Mankind. (laughs) And now the bell starts after Kane's fireworks. And Mankind, I don't know if he stands a chance. He can take a lot of punishment, but I wouldn't think that's too good, especially with a man like Kane. Be able to dish it out. And will their brothers tough as you take what we've seen so far, it's not been too bad. No, he's certainly been coming across as a monster. Kicked in midsection by Mankind. He's got to fight off every opportunity he gets. Well, Mankind, you know, he's, he's uh, no easy feat for any wrestler. There we go. Cactus clothesline. Sends him and Kane over the top rope, but both men land on their feet. Oh! Kane hit the clothesline of Mankind. And now Kane's got the stairs. And just throws him at Mankind's head. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, mankind, you crazy bastard. Well, if you say that Marseille is just silly, gets, oh, I was about to say gets thrown in. Look at Kane. I think Kane might even be bigger than The Undertaker. He is taller. Oh, as he steps into the ring. Paul Barrett smirking at ringside, Dan. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, James. He's just got a big smile on his face. Oh, I think Mankai's got a big dent in his head, but look at him. He's crazy, pulling out his own hair. And he runs into a big boot from Kane. So do you reckon this is the best version of... Oh, no, it's the Kane, but do you think this is the best version of the big red machine? Yeah, I think it is. I think this kind of monster, it was... It was on a part to early Untaker how uh, destructive he was. And as we'll see, what happened to the Kane character, at this point, it really didn't build from this, you know. But uh, I, I think, yeah, there's other Kanes I liked. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 2002 Kane, when he was really, he could go in the ring, you know, a version of him. Well, this, you know, he is still quite green, but I think he's just going over as a monster with the heavy strikes, the big boot. You know, and it, it's a basic offense. Yeah, and it, and another thing is, it's basically as well what we saw Bill Buchanan earlier. The fact is, this guy Glenn Jacob been around the WF, Isaac Yankum, and other roles he played, fake Diesel, waiting for a character to work. WWE waited, then he got Kane. You know, and he made it work. Don't get me wrong, but like, well, yeah, you know, he's stuck with Kane in some retrospects for the next twenty years. Exactly, and he was two years waiting for the right character, not thought, didn't think he was going to get it. You know, Glenn Jacobs could have ended up as, like, a member of the DOA, you know? It all depends You know, he could, have been the, <laughs> he could have been the Kerrigan. Yeah, and Kerrigan could have been the Kane in this, you know? So, I mean, it's interesting to see. Maybe Glenn Jacobs built up a friendship. We saw an early match, didn't we, with him and The Undertaker back in 95, so maybe there was something going on there. But it's just weird how a career works. And like you said as well, two WF champions and two sure Hall of Famers as well, well at this say, time. Say Kerrigan put on the Kane mask. Do you think it would have been as successful as it it's went really, on to be? It's really difficult to say. You know, I, it could have just been a one-off character for Kane. You know, until the Undertaker came back, defeated him, and then disappeared. I think you got to say Glenn Jacobs to make the Kane character longevity is credit to him. Whereas Kurgan could have done that. I think it's anybody's guess. You know, it's 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 difficult to think longevity of like Crush. Could that have stayed for longer and could that have changed? And what has changed a little bit is Mankind has got a bit in this match. He sent Kane into the stairs. Now he's got the chair. Well, he hit him on the head. Kane basically rolled into the ring and he's back to his feet. <laughs> One man flapjack on the stairs. Obviously set it up. And Mankind would have left and right hands. A few big boots, but it's not knocking the big red machine off his feet. Well, he's not been down yet. Maybe now. Oh, seated pile driver. And that is the first time Kane has been down in this match. Maybe. Well, there we go. Bang, bang. He's channeling his inner Cactus Jack. And he's looking to hit Manimal Claw. But like you said, the mask isn't big enough. Well, he's not going to hit it on Man oh. uh, on Kane. He's going to hit it on Paul Bearer. My God. And rather than win the match, you go after Paul Bearer and called him a pebble. James, <laughs> you are a pebble. And Bearer sold it well. He did indeed, but he needs to turn his attentions back to the big red machine laying in the ring. Oh. oh who has just sit up and he's got back to his feet. Oh, my. He's got Mankind by the chest. Oh, my God. And just throws him off the ring apron <laughs> through the announce table. I don't even think the announcers had much warning to get out of the way. Oh, my God. God, 
and everybody was just joined then. But Kane's not finished yet. Oh, yeah, look at the announcers on the floor. Yeah, it might be the French or the Spanish. Oui. That is Tito Santana. He's down. <laughs> I think he had a mankind on his legs. <laughs> well, the destruction of Kane. Kane's not through with mankind yet. Look how many people are at ringside. Yeah, it's crazy. And they were grabbing Mick Foley as well. There's got to be some space. Oh. And a part of the announce table hitting the back of mankind, sending him over the steps. <laughs> They're trying to grab him and Kane's just <laughs> swatting him off. And now Mankind's struggling to get to his feet. Kane's got him. Is he going to choke him out? Oh. A kind of a low kick. I'm assuming this is like a anything goes match. I think the referee's playing it off like that, even though he's trying to get him into the ring. But what we've seen, the referee could easily have counted him out. Disqualified Mankind for the chair shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe the light is so dim that referee can't see it, you know? Ah, or Mankind DDT's Kane on the concrete. So I was climbing back into the ring. Well, with the red lights, it's Kane's rules, isn't it? Anything goes. It's a red light district match. And what's Mankind going to go for? Oh! oh! Runs off the ring apron and just drops the elbow onto Kane. And Kane is in a lot of trouble now. No one's ever brought it to him. And Mankind has... And if you're a mankind, you're just sacrificing your body to take Kane down. But, you, you know, we're kind of missing the point that mankind's beef <laughs> isn't with Kane. No. It's with Bearer. Oh! But as I say that, Kane's just done a beautiful vertical leap from the wafer thin mats up to the ring apron, grabbed Foley <laughs> off the ring edge and just thrown him. Onto the wafer thin mats and partially onto the concrete below. My God, that was brilliant by Kane then. That was very impressive by the way. <laughs> I saw your face when he did it. You were like, oh, shit. I but... didn't expect that. That was like a Brock Lesnar leap up to the side of the ring open. He takes his mask off and he F5s him. He's like, I'm Brock. Travel time travel Brock. <laughs> <laughs> but Mick Foley, or uh, well, Mankind to his credit, is climbing back into the ring. And now Kane's got that look like a dog who just heard a weird noise going... What's going on? I thought I just stopped him. But Mankind said, you know, he's going to keep throwing himself at that wall. Oh, and Kane's staring straight at Mankind. He's got him him up. up. Yeah. Oh. Uh Oh. Yeah, Kane's got him. Tombstone hasn't learned the camera, static camera position yet. Because he's got his back to it. But Kane there, Tombstone, just like his brother, staring into the eyes of Mankind, gets a victory. And a very impressive victory from Kane. I mean, he's certainly come over as a monster, especially against a, com- a competitor with, you know, the craziness of Mankind. Yeah, I know. I mean, Kane looked looked brilliant in that match. And Mankind lost nothing at all because, like you said, he kept going and going. And he could have maybe even got the victory had he not wanted to hurt Paul Bearer. And that's what it was all about. But uh, You know, he hit the seat of Pile Driver on Kane, but... It was the big red machine eventually getting a victory in this match. And Paul Bearer said that Kane will continue his path of destruction until he gets the Undertaker. And if there's anything like we saw in that match, it will be incredible. Of course, let's not forget, that was Kane's in-ring debut. And uh, Kane and Mankind also faced off in the Hell in a Cell match on Monday Night Raw, which was uh, very enjoyable. But not many high-profile matches between just those two guys. But thank you very much, Trent. Our next one is Brandon R. Scans at Brandon. And he says he wants Goldberg versus DDP at Halloween Havoc, the match DDP should have won. Now, of course, we know that this match wasn't seen by many on the pay-per-view 
at the time due to uh, timing error because everybody got to watch the Hogan Warrior match. But let's go now to our Halloween special of 2018, October 25th's Halloween Havoc. Will this be a good one? We hope so. And we're going to go ringside to Michael Buffer. Self high five. So as Michael Buffer gives the introductions, we're waiting for DDP, who of course earned this opportunity last month at the pay-per-view we watched, Full Brawl 97, winning the uh, War Games match against Team NWO and NWO Wolfpack. Will Goldberg feel there? Bang. He's the people's champion. He's the champion's people. He's going on a commentary table and the fireworks going off as well. He's pumped for this one. Biggest match of DDP's life. He's actually going through the people. Well, DDP is out here. You ready for action? Here comes the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He wasn't at the last pay-per-view, but he's here now. The diamond versus the gold. Oh, you see the security there outside his door. They're not for Goldberg's protection, though, James. No? They're for everyone else's. Oh, my God. And here he comes. Your favourite entrance of all time? I'll have a go. <laughs> well, MGM Grand for this match. Goldberg may have the big belt, but Alex Wright's got the big dong. <laughs> oh, I love it that you even fix Alex Wright. Even while Goldberg is coming out here. The... Big, bald-headed monster plus Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about at Halloween Havoc. What was your favourite part of this pay-per-view? <laughs> Alex Ross, big dick. Goldberg comes out, though, ready for action. Walks past Alex Wright's helmet. <laughs> Still walking past Alex Wright's helmet. And a great response here. Unfortunately, a number of homes, Halloween Havoc, were cut out. We'll be able to see the end of this. But we will be with you right until the beep. No, I'm joking. We're here. We're here. The fireworks go off. Oh, it doesn't get more intense than Goldberg. The undefeated World Heavyweight Champion. Out of this whole card, who was the last one to win a heavyweight championship? Oh my god, bell rings. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bell rings, and here we go. It's DDP and Goldberg. Spear Jackhammer over. No, no, this is going to be a war between the two, each man facing off. We heard about the rumours about Dusty Rhodes, baby, wanting to change the finish. Some people weren't even seeing it, but here we go. Colin and I will tie up. So when did it cut out? The level of excitement. About now. Yeah. Yeah. It went over the three-hour mark, and they didn't tell the company that it might run over a little bit, so the feed just cut. Guys refunded to people who said they didn't get it, and then re-showed it on Nitro. And coincidentally, it was the last time Nitro actually won the ratings war. <laughs> yeah. Andre take down by DDP, but Goldberg bounces straight back up. Oh. And both men tussle through the ring ropes to the wafer-thin mats below. The referee trying to get between them and separate them. Well, DDP's going to try and use the experience, but Goldberg, just so powerful and intense. DDP wants to slow this one down. See if Goldberg can go the distance. I think the fans firm behind Goldberg at this moment. God. Oh, my God. Well, DDP tried to take Goldberg down. He did a full flip, landed on his feet, got taken down again. 
We're not going to bounce straight back up. They're not down for too long. Now he's got all the DDP. F you. Now he's got the arm. DDP's in trouble. If someone managed to get to vote, has to break the submission. Jawbreaker by DDP, though. Rocks Goldberg. Follows up with a big elbow. Oh, shoulder breakers. And looking for the diamond cutter. Goldberg just shoves him off to the outside. Well, Goldberg knows how dangerous that move is. And I bet he's not even sure he gets shoulder off after being hit by that. Now, Page taking his time to get back in. It's a good strategy right now. Jumps over. Got him over top again. Got a hammerlock in. He's just working on DDP's arm as DDP rolls through. Breaks it. Oh. Drop toehold. Drops Goldberg to the mat. Very nice by Page there. Out wrestling Goldberg, but Goldberg using his power. Shoulder blocks Page through the barrier. Straight in front of that little man. Goldberg, those in... Oh, being caught by Page. Hang up on that top rope. Swinging neck breaker by DDP. He knows which part of the body to work over on Goldberg. Softening him up for that diamond car. An Irish rip and in reverse. Goldberg into the turnbuckle. Side Russian leg sweep. Flights over for a cover. Two. Oh, but Goldberg kicking out. Uh-huh. DDP doing really well. Keeping on Bill Goldberg here. Make sure he can't a constant offense. We'll see if Goldberg can actually hang with this. Front face lock. Well, you're not going to beat Goldberg like this, but you're going to wear him down. This is exactly what Page is doing. Soften up his neck for the diamond cutter. Every little helps. Tesco. Goldberg slowly get to his feet. DDP with the knees. But Goldberg fighting back with a swinging neck breaker of his own. And that was so impressive by Goldberg getting out of that. Goldberg going for simple and effective. Big forearms to the jaw. Ducking what DDP has to offer. Page comes running in, but Goldberg catches him. Well, it's like a variation of a suplex. Well, so much power, he just takes him over with ease. Can hook him any way he wants. And now an Irish whip. Picking him up. Sidewalk slam. Goes for a cover. Oh. Page kicking out. Oh. Bit of a strange cover there by Goldberg, but maybe he thought that would help. Oh, my God. Rolls over. Now he's got the arm. Page is away from the ropes. There finally, Goldberg Irish tripping, trying the side. Oh my God! DDP turns it into Avakan Runner, takes Goldberg down. Super kick to the chest. Goldberg charges towards DDP, who lifts his legs up. Goldberg hits the ring post. My God, Bill was so quick there, but got caught <laughs> out. He must have separated his shoulder on the impact. I think the ring moved. Goldberg trying to get back in, and his arm seriously hurting him now. I think Page realises that. Oh! Page flying off the top rope, taking Goldberg out, goes for a cover. Oh! Only getting a two count. Two! And Page now working away, stomping at Goldberg. DDP, Irish whip to Goldberg, who reverses. And oh! Gets caught in a DDT! And Page might have got a moment. Page up. He wants Goldberg to feel the bang. Oh! oh, now he gets speared instead. <laughs> well, Goldberg, one arm, managing to run through DDP. Can't capitalise on it and lift him up for the jackety hammery. 
Well, not yet. But DDP's no way near getting up. He's been folded in half. Well, no ref bumps, no outside interference. Just two men wanting to beat the other for the grandest prize in WCW. It kind of working well. And Goldberg now looking to finish this off. What happens off to the spear, Dan? Well, James. Oh. He attempts to jack him up, but he can't quite because his shoulder's probably been separated. And now Goldberg's going to try again. There we go, but Page turns it round. Bang! Diamond car. Diamond car. Goldberg's out. If Page can get across. Why would Page be upset that Goldberg kicked out of Diamond Car when he waited like 20 seconds? You know, it's not like a pedigree, is it? No. And DDP going over to Goldberg. This could be it. One, One two, two. Oh. oh. Goldberg, Goldberg kicks out. out. Uh. DDP cannot believe it. He's going to pick him up. No Goldberg, though, Dan. Jacks him up. Hammers him down. One, two, two three. three. Goldberg retains in a in an excellent match, I will say. Yeah. Made Goldberg look brilliant. Made look good as well. For you know, it's quite a short match, but high impact as it was, Dan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, even <clears throat> After what you said before the match about DDP carrying Goldberg for a majority of this match. Well, Goldberg saying that he carried, he got carried by DDP for a majority of this match. It makes sense as, you know, this is probably one of Goldberg's best ever matches. And it shows that, you know, both men worked well. Goldberg had to break a big sweat. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like you say, Goldberg was put through his paces. And now he's got Paige in the corner. And that's a nice sign of respect between the two. Goldberg picking him up. Saying, I've got respect for you. And these are two WCW guys. And it gives you hope for a future, maybe, if the WCW are going to keep doing this. Maybe it can work. Oh, typing a diamond cutter. <laughs> well, no, just respect as Paige goes out. And Goldberg is your world heavyweight champion. And he's going to be champ come Starcade. But would you say that's the closest Goldberg's come to be defeated? I think it is. I really, I think it is the closest anybody's come uh, as being DDP. He played it right, but unfortunately just come up short. And I think that's a really underrated match there. I mean, these two guys definitely have chemistry. And I think the question is, of course, let's not forget Starcade Nash went on to defeat Goldberg. The question is, would it have helped more with DDP and the Diamond Cutter if he had got the job done at Halloween Havoc. I mean, that's a question definitely that should be asked. Our next one is Mike Wachowski at Kid Wilkes. He says, hey guys, thank you for the shout out. If anything for discussion on the podcast, I'm interested to know your stance on pay-per-views. Therefore, I would enjoy the two Saudi shows, two women pay-per-views, the big four, Money in the Bank, three brand exclusive pay-per-view per shows for on SmackDown, and of course the five takeovers for NXT. The dual brand pay-per-views become state stale and diversity makes for excitement thank you again hope all's well and you're staying safe we are staying safe mike hope you are as well but it's an interesting don't get me wrong i think there is a big five now with uh, of course rumble wrestlemania money in the bank SummerSlam, and survivor series but personally i've always been a fan of king of the ring and i think a king of the ring especially if you've got the brand split 
definitely makes sense because you can have eight guys or 16 guys from uh, Raw, 16 from SmackDown, and then the winner will get a WWE title shot. I mean, if it's held in June, you can get a WWE title opportunity at SummerSlam. It kind of be like a Raw Rumble in that way. Uh, shows, I mean, my interest has waned on them really uh, in recent times. I mean, I could do without them, but I know it's going to happen. And in that case, I think it's a great idea to have two women's pay-per-view counterbalance that as well. Uh, my main problem is is pay-per-views only being a couple of weeks apart. And with the news that maybe payback's going to be a week after SummerSlam, I just think it's too much too soon. And, and to be spaced out and to give yourself a proper run, I think, makes sense. So to have, like, a Raw SmackDown show or pay-per-view, it would work. But I think the problem is with Raw, it's already three hours, so a pay-per-view in itself would just be the same as that. And what could they really bring to the table? My feeling is is that they should... I know they do it for the network... But uh, these papers are really not worth the, the, the kind of paper they're written on. And I don't think many people will either watch these events or catch them. I think if you look at Extreme Rules with the kind of the amount of endings that they had there as well. And even recent times, I think people were just really interested in the Big Five. So maybe just space them out. I know you don't do that. But in, a, in an ideal world, you would probably have your Big Five events and then takeovers every other month to make up for that. And then your Saudi show and, of course, your women's uh, pay-per-view. But that's an excellent, um, like we said, we, we asked if you want to listen or anything to say. And Mike, you have hit it out of the park with that one. All right, so Jim or Captain Awesome underscore JWL says, Thank you, that's really cool. There's nothing I can think of at the moment, as I'm sure you're aware, we have little chaos going on. So there's something you could say or a match that could highlight people come together or show an understanding or something that would be great. So I'm just a little off right now with everything happening. Thank you again. I'm glad I came across you guys because I'm enjoying what you guys put out. And without a doubt, uh, we... Jim, really appreciate that. And like I said, it's been a horrible time in America. I mean, 2020 has not only kind of ripped the world apart and in a surprising way as well, kind of the way the WNR has had to go around things. It's just a kind of moment after moment, terrible. And we've seen it recently with the the explosion as well. It's just like there there seems to be like a kind of major news story every couple of weeks and especially things going on in America it's easy to kind of forget that and not move on but you know kind of push to the side and I think it still needs to uh, kind of be said with all this talk and of course with the election coming up things are going to be bubbling up as well but at this moment in time you know it, you've got a kind of look at the perspective of there's a massive pandemic going on you have to kind of stay safe with that first and foremost and then we can kind of, you know, still fight the problems as well, whilst trying to do it at the same time. It's a difficult balancing act. Uh, but we talk about people coming together and uh, to say something like that, and, and this is what the Dub and I do. We try and introduce all different people, all different opinions. You know, just because we might not agree with your opinion doesn't mean it's necessarily uh, wrong, because like I said, everybody has one, and I think that's what the interesting thing is. As we've seen with Dwayne and Jad and Dan, how different of opinions that they were, you know, and it's kind of counteracting that with what we've got. And I think there's one moment in professional wrestling history for me that everything came together. And that was September 13th, 2001, and the edition of SmackDown available on the WWE Network. I mean, in the wake of the terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001, the superstars of WWE come together to perform one of the most memorable editions of SmackDown. And I'm in with Mr. McMahon as well is, is kind of something that will be remembered forever. Tonight, 
Tonight, the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington, D.C. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what and make no mistake about the message this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. And we, and we will fight. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our rights. And we will fight for our great nation. America's heart has been wounded. But her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom, a beacon of freedom that never has been nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight.
And what a powerful moment there. And it's showing that everybody can come together against a cause. And I think especially now he needs to understand that there's a bigger threat. And if we can all come together in support, you know, we are all the same. It doesn't matter what we look like. And I think that is the important message there. And we'd just like to thank Jim for uh, messaging in. Okay, next one. Ashutosh Dubi at, at Nunwinged Angel. So thank you so much. Can you review the Mania 25 HBK versus Taker match? What are your thoughts about it? Well, in my mind, there is no doubt that this is the greatest WWE match in history. And yes, I know people are going to say, you know, you've got Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania. You've got so many other great choices. But I feel this one is just encapsulates everything that is right about professional wrestling. When we talk about the story and the entrances with Michaels coming down from the heavens, the Undertaker rising up through hell, and of course just the battle, and each man giving everything that they had to try and get the win. And of course this set off a chain of events as well that would lead over four WrestleManias with the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels with Triple H interacting. And it was perfect storytelling. So right now we're going to go back to April 5th, the WNR 44 and it's Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. I am no longer Shawn Michaels, employee of the month. You are looking at the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, the headliner, the showstopper, the main event. But as I stand here today, looking at my life, seeing WrestleMania on the horizon, I realize I am living heaven on earth. If there's anybody that ought to face The Undertaker at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, you're looking at him. Shawn Michaels. Sometimes it is hell. Extraordinary, no one could ever think of replicating it. A man has never lost at WrestleMania. So I don't think I've ever seen a better big match wrestler than Shawn Michaels. The man who revolutionized the ladder match. Oh! I'm the man that wrestled for over an hour and watched out champion. Shawn Michaels somehow. I have never been out before on the grandest stage of them all. My God, can you believe this guy? And I never will. He is Mr. WrestleMania. I respect The Undertaker, but I am not afraid. Of the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels, the time for prayer has just begun. In the beginning, darkness moved across the face of the deep. 
Simple entrances, but just so awe-inspiring. Yeah, it's the spectacle of it. Michael's coming from, you know, heaven dressed in white. When I first saw this, I thought, fuck it, I'm taking my white. And then I realised it was Michael. <laughs> so, oh, it's Sean. No, it's Sean. Of course, when we watched this live, Jazz, you remember watching this live with me, didn't you? Yes, I do. <clears throat> we watched the whole card up until this match, and you fell asleep. And then you woke up for the Randy Orton Triple, Triple H main event, didn't Which you? was shit. Which was awful. One, probably one of the worst, worst main events in WrestleMania history. But this was a match that stole the yeah. show. And you missed it first time around. But you get it all in. You get all the, you see the promo to it. You see the entrances now. And the match itself. What about that for WrestleMania entrance, Jeff? Sean Michaels. Quite <laughs> well, he had a couple of spectac- spectacular WrestleMania entrances, I suppose. WrestleMania 12's in the he slid along the uh, the wire. But yeah, WrestleMania 25. Sean's coming towards the end of his career, as we know. Well, thanks to the Undertaker as well. But this is just, you know. It's like the Angle Michaels match you watched earlier. It's just top class. Well, I will tell you. Well, you've said a lot about it. You've always raved about this match. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to it. Because I fell asleep. So many years ago. Seven years now. So where does time go? Imagine actually being there at that point. Yeah, I know. That'd be fucking mental. Especially at WrestleMania where it meant the most to him, do you know what I mean? Look at that, rising from hell, The Undertaker. Absolutely iconic, isn't it? Who would you like better, Jared? Undertaker or Michaels? Undertaker. Undertaker. Why? 
just a dead man. He's just he's been there from basically the beginning of when it actually started changing. Well, Michaels was there at that time though as well. Was it about the Undertaker like more than like? I what? think I remember more of the Undertaker than I do Michaels yeah. as growing up. Or obviously the Dead Man would always be favourite as as a kid. Yeah. And then Michaels, he's more of a older person's no. The the older fans would like him more. Oh you right. I mean? <laughs> You'd understand him more as an older fan. Right. I did anyway. Yeah. You respect the wrestling more when you get older, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, as opposed you to understand just it. the character of the Undertaker easier to get if you're two years old or if you're eighty two years old. Dan, who do you like better? I know it's a judgment call, but sure Michaels, Undertaker, who are you picking? <coughs> if you're saying WrestleMania I'll have to say The Undertaker, but if you're saying overall, I'll have to say HBK. Oh, so you say Michaels? Yeah. What is it about Michaels you think just makes him, in your mind, better than Undertaker? Grand Slam. Grand Slam champion. And he's always, he's, you know, he, I don't know, he's just offered more, he's been in more, he's done more. Yeah. You know. But you say you pick The Undertaker at WrestleMania, he is going against Mr. WrestleMania, you know, that is Michaels as well. So. I know, but he's famed for putting on a spectacular show at WrestleMania, but he's not famed for winning. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, fair point. As we saw in the angle match as well with him tapping out. I'll, I'll have to go with, I probably like Undertaker more than Michaels. Like Jazz said, a bit of the, the child when I was a kid, you know, Undertaker was my favourite. But even later on, just the, the longevity of The Undertaker now. You know, he's just been going at it for so long. It, I don't know when he's going to stop, if he does stop, you know, how he carries on doing it year after year. Yeah. And he doesn't look happy tonight. The bell rings, none take a Michael squaring off. Of course, Jad, you missed all of this, didn't you? So it's nice that you're going to see all of it. Was this the build-up um, that HBK went through everything to try and get a title shot with Undertaker? No, that, that, that was the following year, yeah. He'd been... Uh, he wanted revenge basically yeah Michaels did oh my word and we started off a bit cagey a bit untaken through Michaels over the top rope already this will be speed versus uh, power oh oh Michaels might have hurt himself no he didn't laughing classic HBK style and a lovely Undertaker in straight away we know Michaels needs to go on the yeah. attack Undertaker's like just get off me <laughs> get off me Undertaker just throws Michael in the corner we, told, we talked about Undertaker's striking abilities and the punch is spot on there. Undertaker's showing the strength. We're going to press Michaels down. Undertaker's elbow. Oh, Michaels kicked out. You're not going to get Michaels down that easy. Angle showed that. Yeah, exactly. We know what Michaels has got in his locker. Do you like the chaps look more than the uh, tights, Michaels? What do you think suits him more? The chaps. Jay, are you a tights or chaps man? Oh, the chaps. Chaps. <laughs> I'm a chaps man. And look at the height the Undertaker's got. On that old school, don't forget how agile he is. Still is. Went for the big boot like Michaels knew that the way, and that would do your uh, hands some trouble. Michaels knows, take the legs out, take the big man down. Chopping a tree down. Chopping. Take away the legs, take away Undertaker's going. You do. Choke slam tombstone, can't do that on his knees, can he? Michael kicks him to the face. You see blood already from Undertaker. Going for the figure four already. Michaels looks to get sharpshooter. Early submission. I looked like he was going for a sharpshooter at figure four. I looked like an inverted figure four, I think. Well, Undertaker's not used to tapping out, but Michael's just going to wear the dead man down. Take away his legs. Clever strategy for Michael's. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Michael's getting in there, working down the legs he knows. 
going to be a long match anyway, you know, Undertaker. <laughs> Maybe conserve some of Michael's energy as well in the process. What would your strategy strategy be, Jared? It would obviously be uh, the legs breaking down so he can't walk. Give him a Jared swanton bomb. Oh, if you're sure Michael's. And Michael's, you've got to keep, keep up the pace, I reckon. Keep up the pace, let the Undertaker hang with you, tire him out a little bit. Just keep going, you know. Look, work on the legs and stuff, but don't try and slow it because the Undertaker probably a bit more methodical than Michael's is, isn't he? Yeah. Mark's kind of want to keep it quick, keep it going. He wants to get it to the outside, he wants to drop a couple of moonsaults on him. Yeah. Through that announce table. <laughs> back in the ring. Switch him, he's coming over. And Undertaker with a leg drop and a slam. <laughs> oh, he's going for a choke slam. Oh, no. Down into a crossface. Well, Michael's got it in tight, tight like a toiger. Yeah, the Undertaker looking, like he said, to look at the choke slam, but got caught. And Undertaker managed to power out of it with a slam. I look like Undertaker showed a little bit of panic there, making sure he can get out of the submission. Sean Michaels has got a big heart. He has, he's got a huge heart. And educated feet. Very educated. <laughs> yeah. Executes a chop like the late, great Ric Flair. He <laughs> Ric Flair, his career maybe, but he's not dead yet. And Michaels, with the uh, pattern at Michaels' clothesline, what's he going to do now? Has he got enough left in to do the nip up? And he has. What about Undertaker? Will he sit up? No, Mike, look at Undertaker taking punishment. Not really a proper setup. And Michael's fighting back now, atomic drop and the chops. And now another flying clothesline. But this time, just want to nip up. Undertaker's still down, Michael's going to the top rope. Patented elbow drop. We shall see. And Undertaker sits up. Sean's been caught. Caught round the throat. Choke Sam. Oh, lucky escape. Switch your music to the belly. Oh, Undertaker dodged it, but got caught. Well, he nearly got caught with a figure four. Gets out. Hell's Gate. He's got Hell's Gate in his career. No, man, he's uh, started panicking there, didn't he? He was. This is his first time you've watched it since then. Yeah. Is <laughs> it really? <laughs> Fuck! He's never seen this match. He's never seen the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Shit, Joe. watched his WrestleMania. You've seen no wrestling. He watched now. the entire Mania event apart from this match. <laughs> <laughs> Well, his class is probably one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah, he did a jab. Sean's being the aggressor at the moment. He likes taking a risk or three. He did say go outside, moonsault and look at WrestleMania side in the background. Michaels. Oh. Moves out of the way and swats him to the ground. <laughs> no, yeah. Ouch. Michaels just flat. Game changer. I'm taking, taking, get his breath back. He just wipes him out. And that was a big bump. Maybe not as big as WrestleMania 16, but. <laughs> oh, fair play, where he landed. Your Undertaker's gone back in the ring, taken a lay down. He's spent, he's been through a lot with Sean. It's been a vicious match, like you're saying, Jad, isn't it? What was all about? It's just no blood. It's not blood. No, but the Undertaker sits up, and Sean could be in serious trouble now. Michael's the outside with a ref. What's Undertaker going to do? Surely the Undertaker ain't going to. Well, he's getting on the years, but he's going to still he's fly. Look in his eye. Oh! Fucking hell. <laughs> you see that? Shit. Did you see the way Undertaker fucking landed? <laughs> it's on his head. He landed right on the back of his head. <laughs> that is one of the most brutal bumps I've seen. Well, we saw the botch earlier with Lesnar, and I think that is as bad. I think Lesnar's are slightly worse. Well, that, <laughs> not as bad. But look, you can see the lump where he landed. <laughs> you can see the mark. You see that landing? Yeah. yeah. It don't get any prettier. <laughs> 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 like a jackass. 
fuck? That, it just looks like he's going vertically down. No, Jack. Well, that could be it for the Undertaker. That's a fucking game changer. <laughs> oh, Michael's back in the ring. The Christian thing I've ever seen, though, saving a referee. He's like, I don't want you to take this. Yeah, but he's oh, the cameraman. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> cameraman. <laughs> yeah, but he knows referees get a load of shit cameramen. What? One or two free injuries, maybe, over wrestling. Obviously, fucking referees get beaten. Nah, that's true, yeah. And Michael's making sure the referees are right. They are bad. Well, he get referee back. Or count out. Really, Michaels? This way? What about if the streak had ended on the count out? A victory's a victory. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll be here. It's a bit low for Michaels, though. <sighs> cameraman wasn't in position, was he, to catch him? No. Well, if Colin Marcus was full. Yeah, the camera in his hands as well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that would have been part of the problem. Michaels trying to get the referee out. You got a count? Show me the way, maybe. <laughs> I think the good thing about Marcus as well is that it's so. Oh, it's going to sound silly so visual we've seen him and we know exactly what the rest or what he's thinking in the ring and he portrays it as such you know he's like you get a referee and he says right you can't the way he's like so everybody in the everybody in the stadium can see exactly what he's doing you know it is brilliant Michaels is fantastic that's what makes him what he is though it's you know that (laughs) he wants that counter going he's like come on ref he's He's just praying for it (laughs) he's like nearly there are these any means necessary? Seven now. And I'm taking one, I'll get back in the ring. Nine. <laughs> Michaels. See, even the dismay <laughs> of him getting in at ten. He's like, I thought I had it. He's like, no, so upset. But Untaker managed to get back in. I think that's all he can manage to do. Well, the Untaker's been out of it now for the past few minutes. Well, that landing's going to take him out, isn't it? To be fair. God, that'll take him under. Look at Michaels now with a sneer in his eyes. We haven't seen that look in a long time. He knows what he has to do to put the dead man down. I don't think he does. Well, Undertaker can't even get to his feet. He's not been hit with a sweet chin music yet, though. Undertaker, fucking hell. Beast mode. <laughs> Choke slam and the height on that. Chat shit gets slammed. <laughs> oh, Ooh, no. Quite a vigorous kick out from Sean. Right, Undertaker, he shocked himself. The air time on that. Michael's going to dunk the basketball. Untaker went for the tombstone. Oh, gets caught again. Yep, catches sweet chin. But Michael's... Oh! Bang. Lands that one. Thanks the one. This is what, a fourth attempt? It is, and he finally hits it. Can Michael's get the pin? Michael's got the cover. One, two... Oh! Look at the transition there. Chokeslam. Bang, sweet chin. Attempt. Blocked. Choke slammed, blocked, chin, didn't block, in, <laughs> kicked out. Taker manages to kick out. And Michaels now, has he got the energy? Can he get the nip up? And he's definitely got, I think he's even got more of a spring in the step than he did against Angle, yeah. fair. It's just that Angle look, he was never getting out of there. No, he was caught there, but he might have Untaker's number. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker's not down and out yet, son. <laughs> Michaels caught with a throat. I thought he was going to stunner him when he kicked him in the Can't take her. Last ride. No, oh, Michaels. Slides down the back. He's alright. No, no chance, mate. <laughs> Picked up again. Right. Like, yeah, this time. And Michaels height. <laughs> oh, the elevation <laughs> of it. And surely that will be enough. No. Don't call me Shirley and that wasn't <laughs> enough. The fans going absolutely fucking mental. 
And what's left for these two men to do to each other? <laughs> well, Unless he's holding someone's hand, he don't go up on the top. Exactly, we no. don't see the Undertaker. Very rarely. And what's he going to go for? 360? Oh! <laughs> Elbow drop. Michael's managing to move. But both men down. China, both trying to fight to get to their feet. And Michael's thrown over the top, but skinning the cat. Not today. Well, Undertaker catches him. Oh, he's caught him in a tombstone. Oh, shit. <laughs> Michael's in trouble. That's unfortunate. And there it is, Tombstone Power Driver. <laughs> All over now. Two. One, two. You're having a laugh. Undertaker's <laughs> <laughs> face. <laughs> he can't believe Michael's kick out the Tombstone. And I know in later years at Mania, people usually kicked out the Tombstone, but at this point, this was like the first one. Undertaker can't believe I can get the job done. Me too. Me three. And Undertaker now. Come on, Undertaker, what are you going to do? Another Tombstone? Hell's Gate, maybe? Choke slam, last ride, straps down. Well, we don't see straps down that often. And the dead man signaling for the tombstone pile driver. He's going to put a bit more stank on it. <laughs> HBK's not even moving. He is out of it at the moment. Undertaker's trying to pick up his limp body. Oh! Tombstone, oh! Well, in DDT, then. <laughs> Michaels, act of desperation. Sure, Michaels. Looked like he was over and done with. And Michael's gonna go to the top if he can get there. Dragging himself to the top. He wants that big elbow so much. Well Michael knows. Michael's knows that he has to put the big moves to take the Undertaker out. And the heart of a champion, sure Michael's definitely has. But can he beat the Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Michael's lands it. Undertaker's helpless. Um Sean hits the elbow. But that might just be the last thing his body was able to do. <laughs> right, pulls himself up. Drags himself up. And the fans can't believe the punishment each man put each other through. I'm sure now looking to get the job done. Tune up that band. Sweet ginger. Music this time. There's going to be one powerful super kick by Michaels. And there it is. What? Damn near knocked his fucking head off. The Undertaker there, like you said. He ain't getting up from there. Rocked. And Michaels oh, kicked yeah. up. Look at the fans loving it. They love the fact that he's got the streak. Why did they take it away from us? Well, this is without a doubt a classic. It is. It was an instant classic at the time, and it's a classic now. And look at these two old gunslingers holding off the other one, trying to make their way back to their feet. Big dog. Oh, look at Undertaker with the punches. Michael's down to one knee, but back with a chop. Woo! Undertaker punch. Michael's chop. No, Michael's punched down, knocking Undertaker down to his feet. And Michael's might have the better exchange. Oh, fuck! I was wrong. Big boot by the dead man. Rolls Michael's over. And what else can these two WWE legends give each other? Undertaker going for the tombstone. <laughs> Michael's reversing. Another chop. Chop. And look how red as fuck that chest is. Of Undertaker's. And Undertaker managed to reverse him. Straight to the big boot. They've been battling each other for half hour now. It's been a long, gruelling match. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Michael's to the top. Gonna go for the moonsault. Oh! Oh, Undertaker! Gets cold. Tombstone. Catches him. One, two, three. That's gotta be it now. And can he pin him, the dead man? One, two, three. Boom. Undertaker wins Boom. at WrestleMania. 17 and 0, the Undertaker is. That was a fan picked moment. I enjoyed that. Yeah, what do you think, Yeah, Go on, tell us. Well, you missed it first time, man. Tell us all. 
Undertaker, I thought personally, if I didn't watch her, I would have thought Shawn Michaels would have won that match personally. Right. But uh, yeah, it's a good little way they ended the match, to be quite honest. A lot of big bumps, uh, both good in ring ability. Brilliantly worked match. Both men, even though they was towards the end of their careers, Michaels only had a year left on his. An Undertaker surely can't have much left on his. But after seeing what they'd produced throughout their careers and to still end both their careers on a ma- on a match like they had, it was, you know, just a brilliant way to cap their careers and if their careers ended after that, I'd be happy to yeah. say I see them. No, fantastic effort by both men. <laughs> Alright, so what a match. I mean I think everybody can agree. What a match, what a moment everything put together with the moonsault down into a tombstone and the Undertaker get the job done. The only botch, of course, was when the Undertaker landed on his head and, of course, they blamed um, Snooker for that. But technically, it wasn't his fault. Anyway, uh, classified Chappie at stay underscore classy YT uh, wants a few things. Uh, is asked about a Goldust career perspective. Ric Flair's career, including TNA, Impact Wrestling, why wrestling refs are so important in the sport, favourite wrestling company of all time, local company, and mainstream is welcome work, and Paul Heyman's career appreciation. Now, Paul Heyman, talk about his career, would take me a couple of hours, and one day I'm definitely going to start looking at Paul Heyman, and I think even next year, the WNR might get extreme when it comes to ECW. It's something that we have not seen a lot on the podcast over 300 episodes, and it's something we want to see a lot more. There is no doubt Paul Heyman is a genius, and he's also a madman. And if you look at his career, where you know how he started off, it was kind of it's the gift of the gab, so to speak, and the just the kind of chutzpah to kind of get the stuff done. And he believed his own abilities. And you look at the creative in ECW in 1994, 1995, 1996. It was phenomenal. Look what he did with hiding the uh, negatives and um, accentuating the positives. And even his work with Brock Lesnar and what he could do as a manager as well. It's just unbelievable. So Paul Heyman's no doubt in the forefront of our minds. As for Goldust, we've spoken about Goldust a lot. I mean, this man who uh, you know started off in WCW looking to be kind of the next uh, big thing, so to speak. Didn't work out for him getting fired from WCW and moving to WWF and becoming Goldust. And of course, the Goldust character is saying that is so memorable. And even now, uh, 25 years later, he still get remembered. It's just unbelievable to think the success he's had moving on to AEW against Cody Rhodes as well. It's been brilliant, you know, and there's definitely something that we will look at because Goldust has had a few great matches as well. And you could argue some wrestlers maybe haven't had... You know, that standout moment. I think Goldust really has, especially with a match with Cody recently, showed how good he still is. As for Ric Flair's career, again, is something that we have to look at. I would always thought about doing a kind of history of professional wrestling chat, and Ric Flair would feature very heavily in the 80s. And again, it's something that we've not really looked at when you talk about Dusty Rhodes, baby, and uh, all the others from that time. You know, even Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA, and... um, Vern Gagne and you know people like that that we really haven't spoke about saying that I do want to look at uh Ric Flair and TNA is saying that again ruined the legacy a little bit because after that moment at Wrestlemania with Shawn Michaels and the 24 you thought what a perfect moment to go out but of course Ric Flair being Ric Flair and even now he's still you know being 
And especially the Impact Plus, how good it is. I think that's definitely something that we're going to look at. And of course, AJ Styles in his early career is all of us. And even the show starting from uh, 2002 in the insane asylum. Um, I, I think, you know, is, is a really good thing. You talk about favourite wrestling of all time, favourite company. I think it's got to be WWE because it builds it in at an early age. Your earliest childhood memories of wrestling is from a, the biggest promotion that you see and and for me it was uh, WF especially you know early 92 on Sky Sports and you kind of had the Untaker and at that time Macho Man and the larger than life cats it's kind of won you over and I think it's been a favourite ever since uh, but yeah I do love WCW as well and what it kind of brought to it especially in 1995 has been one of my favourite periods because it's it's so kind of light-hearted. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that's one of the problems with Raw nowadays is the fact, you know, we see it even with the poisoning of kind of the announcers suddenly as, this is terrible. And it maybe they didn't attend to tongue-in-cheek back in that time with WCW, but it worked. And I think that's what makes it so funny, especially when you kind of got, you know, the Dungeon of Doom and everything like that. So I do love that time. And of course, ECW being extreme... Recently, I think Impact, you know, the legacy that it's done, we talk about Impact Plus, has been absolutely brilliant as well. When we talk about uh, how much it's achieved, and even people like Drew McIntyre go in there. Uh, but I would probably say WWE of all time. Favourite local one had to be Rev Pro, where we, as I know, it's kind of soured since the Speaking Out movement. But I think uh, to have that so local, and to not realise at the time, you know, who these guys would become, I think it makes it extra special. Well, one thing we're going to look at is why wrestling refs are so important uh, in the sport. And if people don't know what referee's job actually entails, it's it's to kind of call the match along with the two wrestlers. And they take information from uh, one competitor and then kind of pass it over. I mean, it all depends really, but they keep a track. They've got their ear- earpiece in as well. So they kind of know when they need to kind of go home, so to speak, when to finish the match. And I think referee's role is really underrated. You know, I think... Recent times, and especially when you actually deal with the ref bumps, it's kind of been forgotten about. When you look at the best referees, someone like Charles Robinson, it, you don't really see him in a match. And I think that's when they work best because he's he's doing his job and, you know, making the match go along with the wrestlers. And uh, you kind of don't really piece it together. But wrestling referees is definitely something that is, you know, vital to the sport. I think without them, it would be different because obviously, uh, well, no one to make the count. But also because of kind of what they bring to it as well. But, I mean, excellent by, um, like I say, Classified Chappie. Brilliant comments about that as well. And like I said, hopefully going to more detail about that at some point down the line. So, up next, Anonymous Boy at Eddie00260556. Easy to remember. Says, you're welcome. Watch Undertaker versus Triple H. End of an era. So here we... Let's go to WrestleMania 28. April 1st, 2012. And in the end of an era match, Hen in a Cell, it's going to be Triple H versus The Undertaker. And let's have a look at the promo.
embarrassing moment. I have lived the memory of the beating that I took at the hands of Triple H last year at WrestleMania. It has been hell. My victory over you means nothing. Only one man walked out and it was me. You won the battle, I won the war. I will not let that be the image of me that is remembered through the ages. Give me my vengeance and I will give you one more chance at immortality. I know what I have to do to beat you. I have to finish you. I'm not going to do it. You know, Hunter, you know that you can't do what your buddy Shawn Michaels couldn't do. Because Shawn was always better than you. You want WrestleMania? You want an end? You got it. Hell in a cell. It's where I learned what it takes to end another man's career. And I will officially end an era. You remember when I said Sean is better than you? He is. palm of my hand because I've been made a special referee. Much as Sean's ego wants this to be about him, it's not. I am gonna end The Undertaker. I am gonna end the streak. I am gonna end an era. Everything I've been through, I've been for one moment. WrestleMania, your mind, your body, your soul, all this. Are you willing to put it all on the line? I am. And I will. And we've just seen the iconic entrances as well of The Undertaker and Triple H. And I mean, what a story this is. Like we said, WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels under absolute clinic and in away at Michaels to the previous year saying, I know I can beat you, Taker, at WrestleMania, putting his career on the line and still couldn't get the job done. I feel very underrated match. Obviously not good as a 25 effort, but I think 26 is still a brilliant match and also positioned in the main event, which killed uh, WrestleMania 25 because it was placed in the middle of that. And, of course, the following year, Triple H... Retribution for his friend, but also thinking he can get the job done. Of course, forgetting their WrestleMania 17 effort between the two, which was a fantastic match. Triple H brutalised the Undertaker, there's no doubt about that. Very physical, as he put him through the announce table, and a few pedigrees and a sledgehammer, of course. But the Undertaker getting the win, barely with the submission. But the Undertaker passing out and being taken away and carried out, and looking like it might be the end. 
And of course, we've seen the uh, reinvention of Yante with a new haircut. Finally, the long hair's gone. And he's uh, kind of shaven-headed going against Triple H. And of course, the extra factor in this is Shawn Michaels being a special guest referee. And I think that's what makes it so interesting because can Michaels, you know, call it down the middle? Not only friends with Triple H due to uh, D-Generation X, but of course, they think that's happened since then. But of course, the man who retired him, the Untaker, would it work another way? Michaels wants Triple H to be beaten because he was beaten. I think that's an interesting question. And see both men going for it right at the beginning with huge right hands. And of course, this is the uh, PG era, so they've got to be careful what they can do. But I think they pulled it off quite well, even though it's really physical. And I think when you go and, uh, of course, on Twitter we were talking about the last Friday Undertaker series and um, how brutal these matches actually were. You know, when you talk about um, the, the sheer pain and physicality in this, you know, with the Undertaker and Triple H, they were not holding back. They had to kind of prove themselves. And let's not forget this WrestleMania was main evented by The Rock versus John Cena, which was... Uh, at this point, meant to be once in a lifetime. So these two guys had a lot to go on. And it's interesting as well when you think about the legacy of these two guys. And especially with Shawn Michaels as well. This is kind of end of an era. Nobody has kind of done it for that amount of time. And I know Triple H missed out on WrestleMania this year. I know The Undertaker has kind of said he's retired. But there's still a heavy reliance on these legends to come back. Whether it be a good or bad thing is, uh, like I say, someone else's opinion. I don't really mind it because of what they've gave, given to the business, unless there's a Saudi Arabia, Arabia moment, like uh, against Goldberg, which is you know going to be a shame and dampens the legacy, like we were talking about with Ric Flair in TNA earlier. Well, these two men have been brutalising each other, using their cells as a weapon. We saw a big backdrop to Triple H on the outside, but the game managed to turn things around. Butler still stares in. I was going to look at the pedigree, the Untaker onto him, but the Untaker managing to backdrop him. We've also some, seen some interaction between Michaels and the Untaker as well. The Untaker showing no respect. But Triple H has not lost a match that Triple H, special guest referee, and of course, two against the Rock spring to mind on the uh, very first episode of SmackDown. Sure, Michaels costing him. And of course, Judgment Day 2000, when none other than the Untaker made his return as the American Badass. So a lot of history here. And like we said, The Rock's going to be in the main event. And The Undertaker is different from what he looked like last year. Even in the punishment given to Triple H. And he comes running in, but Triple H with a spine buster on those steel stairs. Huge impact there. And even Michaels winced a little bit. But Hell's Gating by The Undertaker is what won it last year. He's now got it in again. All sorts of trouble. But Triple H powers him up. And power bombs him down to the canvas. Into the cover. But no, Untaker with a shoulder up. Now the steel chair. And bent around the back of the dead man. And now Triple H setting the stairs up in a corner. And you can see Triple H busted above the eye there. I just as well actually that uh, JR is on commentary. He's been put on there. Uh, at the bequest of the Untaker. And Triple H, you know, I mean, there's a lot of respect there for what JR has actually done. And again, Triple H with the chair just absolutely assaulting the Undertaker. You can see the dent in the chair, 
and the marks on the back. And even Shawn Michaels saying this is a bit too much. And we saw this at WrestleMania 2017, at 27, sorry, and at 17 in a way, and how vicious Triple H is. And you can hear the crowd booing. I mean, I don't think anybody wants The Undertaker's uh, streak to end. And at this point, he's 19 and 0. But especially Triple H, you know. And I think that was the thing when Brock Lesnar finally broke it. I think it's a shame, really, because like we talk about Goldberg's undefeated streak. Was it the right man to do it? Did it really add anything to Brock? And uh, did The Undertaker really need to lose? You know, is it something that could still be running to this day? Could he have got to 25-0? and 0? I'm sure Michael's checking on The Undertaker and Triple H not having any of that. And again, four and five thunderous chests and shots to the back. And Triple H shouting to Shawn Michaels, you end it or I will. And as clear as day, you can the Undertaker hear him say, don't stop it. It just shows you how tough the dead man is. Fans cheer as he gets to his feet, but the game's way there. Oh, right to the midsection and again to the back. And that is sickening. Triple H into the cover. And this could be over. No, the Undertaker again getting the shoulder up. And frustration in Triple H's face. Wondering what's going to take to put the Phenom down. It's no surprise that he's gone through 19 WrestleManias unbeaten. You could argue, apart from CM Punk the following year, this is the last great Undertaker WrestleMania match. But with what he put his body through, there's no doubt you can see why. Triple H to the outside now. Triple H saying to Sean Ender, who I will, now he's looking underneath the apron. And we've seen this, Sledgehammer. It's one of Triple H's favourite weapon. It's what he's known for. And Triple H said, you want to show compassion? I'm not going to, Sean. So you stop with Sledgehammer in hand. Undertaker slowly get to his feet, and this could be the end. Michael saying, please let me ring the bell. The Undertaker saying, no, let me fight. As he barely gets to his feet. Oh, Sledgehammer shot to the face. Into the cover. Oh, the Undertaker somehow managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And I don't know how he managed to do that. The game can't believe it. And Sean's saying it's too much, but the Undertaker is still in this one. And now the game is going to swing his And Sean's stopping it in a few boos. Sean getting rid of the weapon. And he's saying to Triple H, look, you're going to finish it. Don't finish it like that. The man's down anyway. And Sean's going to t- check on the Undertaker for the last. He's going to ring the bell. Now he's having second thoughts. And Undertaker with a far away look in his eyes. But Michael's not calling for the bell. And what a way for the street to end this way. Oh, wait a minute. Undertaker now. Hell's Gate into Michael's. And you wonder why it's for Michael's not stopping this matchup. And the game with a sledgehammer to the back of the Untaker's head. Well, Michaels may be out, but now so is the Untaker. And Triple H checking on his best friend. And now another sledgehammer shot, but now the Untaker goes low. And now Hell's Gate. And he's got the game, and this is what beat him last year. And Michaels is stirring as Triple H may be slowly fading. Triple H managed to turn the tide. Oh, he's got a sledgehammer in his hand. But no, Triple H can't fight it. And again, trying to alleviate some of the pressure, but the Undertaker now pressing down on his foot, which in turn, the back of the neck, and Triple H slowly fading, and you can hear the fans hoping this Taker with every last bit of strength, and Triple H may be out. 
And this buys the Undertaker time, but unfortunately all three men in the ring at this moment out on their feet. And here comes Charles Robinson. And Charles is in charge. And he's trying to open up the lock cell door. It's a shame Kane just can't come down. And the Undertaker now getting back to his feet. Charles is in there. Undertaker grabs Triple H round the throat. Choke slam into the cover. One, two, no. The game managing to kick out. Say it with me. Uh. And I have no idea how Triple H got out of that one. I don't think the Undertaker can even. You can see the marks on his back as he grabs Charles round the throat. Oh. And Mini Nate just got choke slammed. Well, every man that enters that ring inside the cell gets destroyed. And no two men have had more history inside that head in the cell than Triple H and The Undertaker. And then The Undertaker waiting for Triple H to slowly get back to his feet. Tombstone time. No, Triple H throws him into Michaels. Super kick. And now into Triple H. Pedigree. And this is it. One, two. No. And the fans genuinely thought it was going to be over there. And that is what you call a great near fall. Michaels can't believe it. He did out of retaliation. It nearly cost the Undertaker the match. But the two best shots from Shawn Michaels and Triple H couldn't get the job done. The streak is still ongoing. What a match this is. And what's it going to take now for Triple H to break the streak of the Undertaker? Charles Robinson down. Triple H down. Shawn Michaels still down. And of course the Undertaker... Well, Sean back up and stopping Triple H. Going near the Undertaker with a sledgehammer. Oh, and Triple H throwing Shawn Michaels out of the ring. Well, that just shows you what it means. Oh, the Undertaker sits up, scaring the game. And a huge big boot. And now right hand, the Undertaker's come alive. Huge right in the corner. Irish Rip comes in like a freight train. Picks him up, looking for snake eyes. And now the huge big boot. And now, leg drop by The Undertaker. How's he getting up? Picks Triple H up. Looking for the tombstone. Boom. Hits it. Sean gets in position. One, two. No. <laughs> and one of the first times. And we've already seen it a few times now. I mean, Michael's up at Mania. It would happen a little bit later on. But this is one of the first times. So someone's kicked out of a tombstone. Say it with me. Uh, unbelievable. Undertaker's got to spit coming down from his mouth. Well, couldn't believe Michael's got his head in his hands. And the game, bloodied and beaten. And it just sends the fans, as Pat Patterson would say, banana. And the Undertaker just grabbing hold of Triple H. Triple H still trying to fight off. And Michaels is seeing two of the very best. Now, two of his best friends. Two guys he's travelled down the road with. He's seen them kill each other here. And they're both on their knees for the rights. And as JL would say on commentary, this would be a slobber knocker. And every strike met by the sound of the fans. Triple H runs in. Untaker looking for a pedigree reversed. And now Triple H with a pedigree to Untaker. Oh. Well, Untaker went for the tombstone. I got excited then. And was ver- reversed into the pedigree by Triple H. But only a two. Two. And you can see the arena WrestleMania. Wow. Ever since COVID. I mean, look at this. Just a mass of people. And everyone glued into the action. Inside hell in a cell. I have no idea what's going to happen next. And I don't think neither does Shawn Michaels. 
But the Untaker sits up. How's he managed to do that? But the Untaker's got a chair in his hands. Oh, and the Undertaker puts his foot on the sledgehammer, which caused so much damage. But so is the chair. The Undertaker now saying, not this time. Chair to the face and to the back. You do what? Bending a steel chair. And the Undertaker now is taken up next level. Midsection again. <laughs> and to the back. Oh, my word. Now you take a chair to the back and you tell me that's not real. Now the Undertaker with a chair. One last knockout shot, maybe, to the game. No, shot to the midsection, and another one to the back. This is too much. You can see Michael saying, come on now. But what each man will do to get a victory, Michael saying, just finish it. Undertaker in for a cover, but again, can't put Triple H down. <laughs> Michael saying, come on now, both of you. But Triple H, even though he can't move the left-hand side of his body now, still with Sledgehammer. And you talk about going out on your sword or going out on your sledgehammer. And even the Undertaker saying now, stay down. As if he's frustrated, he's going to have to put the final nail in the game's coffin. And Triple H went for the sledgehammer shot, but the Undertaker caught it. And a defiant push on the Undertaker. And the game won't give up. But he tells the dead man to suck it. Sledgehammer shot. Michaels knew what was coming. He's seen that before. And now the Undertaker... Looking to end it. We saw Michaels with the act of defiance at WrestleMania 26. And now the straps are down. He means business. Like a signals for the end. Picks up Triple H for the tombstone. And drops him. Crosses the arms. Michaels down for the cover. One, two, three. And there you go. The Undertaker defeats Triple H in an end of an era. And what a matchup what a matchup here at wrestlemania it was absolutely brilliant we've got to say anonymous boy thank you very much for that choice 20 and oh the undertaker goes at wrestlemania but the whole story between michael's triple h the undertaker wrapped up within four manias finished then absolutely brilliant and yeah people can say maybe this is the the last great match of the two men. What a way to go out. And what a moment. And of course that's not it either. Because at the end we see the respect from all three men. And walking up the apron you can see the marks. And as all three men hug each other at the top of the rank. The ramp. What a moment that is as well. End of an era. Untaker, Triple H and Michaels. Alright, so up next we've got shout-outs to our followers of the week who just want us to keep bringing the goods. Nick Hillsharma at I am underscore the underscore genius. Amy Campbell at BabyZekeCam2. Eddie Dobler at EddieDemand71778. Tyler Wolfric at TylerWolfric319. James Pay at JamesPA8467587. James J at James underscore J416. Cassandra Denise Williams at Cassandra Denise. Lady Untaker at Kaberhurt. Lady uh, at K Aberhurt even. Antbone at Antbone and 83. Austin at Austin 10013. And finally our last two. We've got Tam TM at THBKTAM. So thank you very much. It's so nice you really appreciate it. Right yeah. And Jess Sir at Jess Sir 37. So this is cool. Thanks guys. What's the story about the WNR two nine nine? Now, like I say, 
I would want Dan here with me to explain this, but unfortunately, you can't always get what you want. Uh, the story is, of course, we've we've had trouble this year, as you know, not with just COVID, but everything else. And as things happen, life changes and uh, relationships start to happen and and uh, people might start growing apart. And I think with Dan, definitely this year, there's been trouble um, just even trying to get the podcast recorded, which I can understand if you're busy. Like I said, there is no hard feelings. Uh, but this therein lies the problem. We had to delay the anniversary show. Uh, which we did, and of course other shows have always been a little bit behind as well. And with the 299, we had planned to meet up. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't contact me or anything, so didn't know what to do. So that left it blank uh, because I didn't want to do a show kind of without him. Uh, basically now, uh, we want to do the 300 together. Again, he can't do that. And, and the problem is, with a podcast and the way it is, and of course my schedule coming up as well, uh, you can't maybe always get two guys together at a certain time. Um, so it's of course with a heavy heart that I'm going to say this, but you know, things change. And, and I think this is the thing that we're seeing, you know, if this was, um, W, uh, as in, you know, we were losing money every year and, uh, just kind of tanking either creatively or with the fans, then yes, it would be a time to end it, but it feels more like ECW where the fact is, is that we the response that we've had on Twitter since WrestleMania has been phenomenal. We'd just like to thank every follower that we've had. Like we said, we're on a road to 8K, and by uh, this episode today, we've got eight, nearly, you know, we've got 8,150 followers, which is just amazing. And the response and the, and the people, like we said, with the um, listeners' choice, people still are interested in hearing the WNR podcast. So, like I said, there are going to be changes, and unfortunately, Dan. Um, will not be co-hosting with me for the foreseeable future. Like I said, maybe down the line, if things can sort out for him. And, of course, we'd love it if he would uh, be able to appear. And it's the same with Dwayne and Jared as well. But like we said, uh, worry. That might be the end of Dan, but it's not the end of the WNR because we will start having now special guest co-hosts. And uh, I've been really excited about this. And, of course, next week we start off with at... Graps of Rass, they will be joining me here to talk about uh, the thing we love the most, professional wrestling. And we get someone else's take on it as well. And like we said, we love people's opinions as we get sent. And uh, this is kind of what I had in mind. You know, This is to be the voice of the voiceless. You know, and this is the thing, we didn't do this for nothing. We're protecting a legacy with Dan and myself and, uh, you know, and what we're trying to do is creating legendary content and giving people a chance to actually uh, say things that maybe they haven't got a platform to say. You know, not many podcasts have gone for 300 episodes and we've got 8,000 people listen to about 3,000 a week as well. And it's all thanks to you. And uh, I will still keep doing this. And like we said, we're going to hopefully have different co-hosts we're going to have maybe professional wrestlers even joining us uh as the year goes on uh and of course checking in on everything that's still going on with wwe there's no doubt we're still going to be covering wwe AEW, and nxt but just in a different way and it's really exciting times you know we're just gonna say like if it wasn't for dan we probably wouldn't have got to this point now you know i needed someone next to me um to kind of get through this but 
what, what it's kind of done now, it's kind of given us a fresh life. And WNR does change, and we've done it since then, and it's going to change now. But it's very, very uh, exciting, and I cannot wait for actually it to start, you know. We're helping others build up. We're not going to knock anybody down. We're going to give people a chance to hear, you know, get their opinions across as well and uh, have some fun doing it. Because the thing is, we love professional wrestling, and the interactions with Twitter as well has been fantastic. And don't forget, you know, I'm still at the WNRJR, and I'll be trying to answer everything as well at the WNR podcast. It is great times ahead. Like I said, anybody's got any questions, or anybody wants to, you know, if, if you're listening to this now, and you're thinking, hang on a minute, I want my co-hosting with the WNR podcast. Well, if you follow us, DM me. And if you have the right equipment and everything like that, it'll be very, very interesting to hear from you as well. Like we said, we're offering, we're open to offers. Uh, like I said, we're going to help out a few people. Like I said, it, this is going to build towards the future now of what the WNR is. The only unfortunate thing, of course, about Dan is the predictions and everything else that we do. So we'll have to put everything on hold. But what we're going to do for SummerSlam is it's now going to be James versus fans. Yes, you have the chance to challenge me. We're going to guess the predictions together. And if you win, you'll get a massive shout out and maybe something special as well. Let's see if anybody can beat me because I am the prediction king when it comes to the WNR podcast and no one can beat me. So that is it. And I'd like to say, just say, so that is it. I'd like to say to everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for following and supporting us for five years. It has been such uh, an amazing journey and it is going to continue. And like we said, we embrace change and uh, it should be really fun before we go should say the follower of the week is levi merriweather at merriweather levi and of course you'll have a chance to pick something for us to watch on the podcast our next episode of course special co-host at graps of ras and then in two weeks we're going to have at wsc dub we're going to have bubba on very controversial on twitter we're going to ask her i'm going to ask a few questions we're going to get into it as well like i said it's very interesting times these next couple of weeks and then with takeover and some stuff happening that weekend we're going to try and work something out as well but of course follow us on social media uh, on Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where we've all latest clips. Podcasts go up the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Stitcher, Spreaker and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Like I say, next week... We start with a very special guest host. But until then, I have been James Rowlands. And I was always joined by Dan White. But you know now, it's time for a change. We really appreciate the support from the WNR1 to the WNR300. We hope it continues for many years to come. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.